Welcome back to the Brookwood Student Podcast. We're so excited to start the series Parables with a message titled Parable of the Soils. Join us as we listen to Kevin Nunnery discuss Matthew 13, verses 1 through 23, where we will hear Jesus describe the different ways people are receptive or not to the good news. Here is our high school pastor, Kevin Nunnery. How are we doing? Well, it's wonderful to be back here in South Carolina. Uh, Last week was a ton of fun at camp. I hope you enjoyed seeing the highlight video for those of you who weren't able to be there, maybe next time. Uh, We are going to be starting a new series, an eight-week series, Uh, and as you can see behind me, maybe, possibly, let me see if I can get that to come up, Parables, talking about Jesus, the storyteller. Uh, Who enjoys a good story? Let me see some hands. What are some of your favorite stories? Grandma got run over by a reindeer. What an odd choice. Anybody else? Favorite stories? Little Red Riding Hood. Three Little Pigs. You remember these stories from your childhood. Maybe you grew up going to the movies. Guys, movies are just stories, right? We know this. Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Hero's Journey. Like you you love stories. Uh, All of us, we have different ones that we enjoy. Uh, You may remember some that you have not enjoyed. Case in point, does anybody know who this is? Nope, nobody's got, it's not Stephen King. Stephen King is still alive. This person is long dead. This is Ernest Hemingway. Has anybody been forced against your will to read Ernest Hemingway? Yeah, you loved it, didn't you? No, you didn't. Uh, If you've not had to read any Hemingway yet, just wait. It's probably coming for you, like one of his books. For Whom the Bell Tolls, very ominous title. The Old Man and the Sea, which is exactly as exciting as the title would imply. Uh, He is considered one of the greatest storytellers of all time. In fact, there's a a story, and some chalk it up to urban legend, uh, but there seems to be some basis for fact that uh, Ernest Hemingway got into this conversation about being able to tell a story, a compelling story, in six words or less. Stop and think for a second. Could you tell a full, compelling story in six words or less? Probably not, because you're not a master master storyteller. This is the story that he told. You ready? For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Bro, like that, if you stop for a second, really think about it, that can grab you. Six words. And it's a full story. And there's a lot you can read into that. Here's what I want you to understand. At the outset of this eight-week series, and you can write this down on your first line, stories are powerful. Stories are powerful. It's one of the the oldest arts we have in humanity is just to sit around and tell a story, whether that's around the campfire, telling silly, scary ghost stories, where it's handing down family tradition. Stories are powerful, And there's a reason why libraries are full of these incredible stories that men and women have written through the years. And while Hemingway is considered to be one of the greatest modern storytellers, Jesus is probably the best to ever enter the storytelling game. And there is a reason that Jesus told so many stories, because they're powerful, they're memorable. In fact, we'll see tonight, 
Sometimes Jesus told stories because he was not trying to be super clear for everybody, but it was only for people who were sincere about trying to understand who he was and what he had to say. But Jesus told a ton of stories called parables, and we're going to unpack eight of them over the next eight weeks. And there are more. You can definitely study them on your own. I would encourage you to do that. But we're going to start tonight with uh, what you heard Andrew read earlier, the parable of the sower, the parable of the soils. Uh, It goes by a lot of different names. Just a little preamble, a little setup to the story. Uh, For those of you who are at camp, we talked a lot about how there were always crowds around Jesus. And so it says that a large crowd had gathered around him. And so he gets into this boat and he sits there and he teaches them. Jesus is a genius, like don't miss the, the, just how intelligent he was. Sound carries over water. So he got out of the boat, his voice would carry. Also, he's not surrounded by the crowd anymore. So he begins to teach them in the form of parables such as this one. Now, his disciples are later going to come and ask him, why? Like, why do you do this? And I want you to see this. They said, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? And this is Jesus' reply. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables, for they look but they don't really see, they hear, but they don't really listen or understand. And then he tells his disciples this, blessed are your eyes because they see your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. So again, I think stories are helpful and they are memorable. And I'm telling you, that is part of why Jesus told these stories. But there is another element here where there was just a lot of folks around who were just out to get something from Jesus. And so he would tell these stories and it was confounding and confusing to a lot of them. And so I want to pray before we dive into this story that we would hear and understand. Join me. God, uh, as we look at this part of your word tonight. As we study this parable of the soils, give us understanding and wisdom, perhaps like we've never had before. Uh, We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, so Andrew kicked this off for us a while ago. This is the story Jesus tells. Says, I'm going to paraphrase because you already read it and I'll put it up behind me. Says a farmer goes out to plant some seeds. Now this was a very agricultural society. Like you probably have never planted anything, but this was a way of life for them. And so a farmer would have seed in like a little pouch at their hip and they would go out in the field. Look, they would just scoop in and they just let it rip. And so it wasn't a precise thing, right? Where they're doing it in these nice, neat rows. They're just letting it rip out into the field. And it says that as he scattered them across the field, some seeds landed on the footpath. Birds came and ate them. Some fell on the shallow soil with the underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. They didn't have deep roots. Some others fell in among the thorns and they got choked out. And then others fell on this fertile soil. They produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. That's what we just prayed, that we would listen, that we would understand. So Jesus says, this seed goes out, it lands in four different spots. Okay, some lands on the path, some lands in the rocky soil, some lands in the thorny soil, some lands, and it is in fruitful soil. 
Now, this doesn't happen with every parable. Sometimes you got to go do some more research. You got to go to the scholars, go to the commentary. But sometimes Jesus will come right back and be like, okay, here's exactly what I meant when I said this. So this, this one's not too, too hard for us to unpack. So a little bit further in Matthew 13, he's speaking to his disciples. Listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. He says, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. If you see on your handout, I got a bunch of lines there in the middle. Uh, On the top two lines, you can write the path. That's the first seed. And across from it, represents what kind of soil, what kind of condition the heart was in. This is a hardened heart. He tells us this seed that's getting spread out is the good news. That was our theme at camp. Many of you are wearing your awesome purple good news shirts. The seed represents the good news being proclaimed. That farmer's scattering, letting it rip in the field. Everybody understood that. Jesus is saying it's like someone starts telling you the good news about Jesus and there's a lot of different conditions of hearts A lot of different soils, a lot of different places that we're in to receive this. Some falls on the path and it says it takes no root. There's no understanding. There's no grasp of what is actually being communicated. And it says, actually, a bird comes and snatches it off the path. What does the bird represent? The enemy, the Satan. We have a very real enemy who wants to come against you and where he can confound and confuse, he will. Think about it. There's a lot of people out there in the world today who just reject, without even getting into details, the things that we say we believe from the Bible. They have hardened hearts. The Bible talks about this, that you can get to this place where your heart is so hardened, it's so shut off, you don't want to hear anything about Jesus. You know people like that. Maybe at some point that's been you. Maybe that's you right now. This is one way that people receive, but really they don't receive the message of the good news. They they just got a hard heart. They don't care. They don't want to hear anything about it. You recognize that. He goes on. He says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those. They hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. This rocky soil is shallow, shallow. Some people just, they've got a shallow soil in their heart. This seed lands. And at first there is some excitement, but this does not persist. Now I would tell you some people take this particular passage and they twist it. They want to say, well, see, you can lose your salvation. So you can receive it and there can be something that's sprouting up, but then, but then it can fall away. I would disagree strongly with that interpretation. And Here's the deal. You as high school young men and young women need to learn how to read the Bible for yourselves. You need to be able to study it. Don't just check it off a list. You need to be able to study and understand and wrestle with it and grasp with it. And so some people would make a compelling case. See, look, they're losing their salvation. I don't think so. I don't think so. If you want to go look at Matthew 24, I believe it's verse 13. It talks about those who persevere to the end will be saved this enduring, persisting faith. And so to me, this is, this is kind of the camp high. Man, you go away to camp. Woo, it's awesome. I'm off my phone. I'm with my friends. We're focused on Jesus. I'm pumped. But it's shallow. It's, it's this rocky soil, and it doesn't last. This is just, if, if we're honest, it's short-lived. 
when you get back to the real world. This rocky soil is, is shallow. It, it, there's, there's no depth. And again, you probably know people like this. They're shallow. There, there's no real depth to them. And again, maybe that's been you. I know it's definitely been me at different points in my life. So that rocky soil is shallow. All right, then he goes on. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. This thorny soil is circumstantial. Circumstantial. This is somebody who, like, yeah, they're kind of, they're hyped for Jesus for a minute, I guess, but... There's a lot of other things going on in the world. There's a lot of other things competing for attention. There's a lot of other things competing to be number one. And so you can just imagine thorns creeping in slowly around a plant and choking out the life. And that's what happens. Yeah, maybe they were excited about Jesus for a minute. Again, hey, maybe they got excited at a retreat or a camp or one particularly powerful Sunday. But then there was just a lot of other stuff going on. Their circumstances were, were greater to them than Jesus. Their boyfriend, their girlfriend, their anxiety about school, um, the, the issues that they're dealing with, the substance abuse, the whatever, their addictions, their hangups, their hurts. There are a lot of things in life that are gonna compete to be number one. We've talked about idols before. Anything that you prioritize higher than Jesus is an idol. And so this thorny circumstantial soil Again, there, there's people who they just care about other things more than Jesus. Now, most of us wouldn't actually say that, but you leave here and that's functionally how you exist. I care about Jesus for like a two or three hour block on a Sunday, but I mean, the rest of the time, it, there's other stuff going on. There's school, there's friends, there's family, there's work, there's sports, there's academics. You're letting Jesus get choked out of your life by everything else. It's not great. It's not great. The seed that fell on the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. That good soil, that fruitful soil, represents a, a receptive heart, someone who is willing and able to receive the good news about who God is and what he has done. And it talks about producing this harvest your salvation is not just about you. If it was, then the minute you were saved, God could just beam you right up. You could go be in heaven. You could hang out on your cloud and play your harp and wear your toga. It's a joke. That's not what heaven's like at all. We've talked about that a lot. And if you think that's what heaven is like, my friend, I have such good news for you. It's so much better than that. But if salvation was just about you, you could just leave. It's not just about you. It's about producing a life that glorifies God, the fruit in your life, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We live that way, why? To glorify God that other people might hear, that other people might ultimately have receptive, fertile, good soil in their heart that they could receive the good news of the gospel. I won't ask you to raise your hand or say a name out loud, but to my Christian brother or sister, I know you know somebody who's lost. And we don't stand here in a place of like, yeah, they're lost and I'm found. Look how good I am. Man, praise God that you have been found. It is due in no part to your work. It is all the good work of the gospel in Jesus Christ. Go read Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. It, salvation is not a reward. It is a gift from God. But we know people who need to hear about Jesus. 
And for many of you, those people are going to be sitting right beside you come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the 170 some odd days after that through the school year. Who do you know who doesn't know anything about Jesus? And maybe God has put you in their life to be that ambassador, to be that person, to just share love with them. And hear me, I don't mean go in there and beat them over the head with the Bible. I mean, love them well, listen to them, share the burdens of their life, be there for them. When they're struggling through their shallow faith, when they're struggling with circumstantial faith, you could be the person who's demonstrating what it truly means to follow Christ. Now, people love to debate. Uh, I remember being in youth group in high school many, 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 many years ago. And I remember my youth pastor saying, hey, uh, obviously there's one group of people over here. They're the path, like they don't know Jesus. They're not saved. They're not Christians. And over here is the fertile good soil. Obviously, we think those people are Christians. They've accepted Christ. They've surrendered to him. But what about these two soils in the middle? What about the rocky soil? What about the thorny soil? And he was like, stand up. And, and if you think they're not saved, move over here. And if you think they are saved, moved over here. And it was a whole thing. It was a whole debate. We were all, uh, you know, it's funny. Literally no listening to Jesus tell this story would have been confused. Are, are those two middle soils people who are following Jesus or not? What do you think? They're not. This is an agricultural society. They understood planting. Those plants in the middle die. Death is not what we have in Christ. We have life. We sing about it. We read about it. There is one group of people in these soils that has life that is following Jesus, and that's the people who are producing a crop of goodness that comes from the grace of God. Not rocky soil, shallow soil, thorny soil. No, it's not a confusing thing. But sometimes we make it confusing. And I don't say that to scare you. I do say that to tell you this. Jesus said the path to life is narrow and few will ever find it. So if you look around, you're like, bro, I'm all alone. I'm the only person I really know at my school is following Jesus. Maybe. Man, it's so lonely, Kev. You don't understand what it's like out there. It's easy when we're in here. It's tough out there. You're right. It's hard when you're sitting around and people are talking a certain kind of way and engaging in certain types of activities. It's tough, it's lonely, and there's gonna be times when people are like, hey, just, just come on, just be with us, just go with the flow. You've heard that. Jesus said the path to life is narrow, few will ever find it. The highway to hell is broad, it's packed. So when you look at your life and you're like, man, this is hard, it's lonely, I feel like I'm the only person going this direction. My friend, there's a little bit of validation and affirmation there to follow Jesus in the world we live in today is going to be hard. You're like, bro, I thought this was good news. It is good news. It's just hard sometimes. It's difficult. You see, I got a box there on the bottom of your handout for a bottom line. It's this, knowing equals growing. Knowing equals growing. Hey, if you truly know Christ, it means growing in him, taking steps. Every person in this room has a step that you can take. Every person, from me, the pastor, the person standing up in, in front, you would assume, wow, you must have it all together. I am a walking train wreck. I get more wrong than I get right. I struggle to lead my family well. I struggle to deal rightly with my friends. I don't always say the right thing, do the right thing, much less think the right thing. I have steps I need to take. I have room for growth.
So do you. And I don't say that to condemn you. I'm just telling you, you have steps. Following Jesus is a lifelong process and you're not gonna be perfect at it at 15, 16 years old. There's always gonna be room to grow. To know Christ means to grow in him. How do I grow in Christ? It's not rocket surgery. You read your Bible, you pray, you show up at church with people who are also trying to figure this Jesus thing out and we do it together. There is an individual component, right? You've heard like, hey, you need to ask Jesus into your heart. You need to be doing these spiritual disciplines, going into your prayer closet. There's a private component, yes. And also there is a communal aspect where we sit around and go, hey, I'm struggling too. There's comfort in knowing that we're not alone because sometimes out there it feels like we are. And so tonight we're gonna get ready after this final song to go to groups. We're gonna talk about this stuff. We're gonna talk about these different soils and the different stages we can be in and what that looks like. I just wanna encourage you, engage in some honest conversation. It takes one person to open up and be honest in group for something to, to break within that group. And then the rest of us can maybe begin to have conversation and something you say that you think is insignificant might help somebody else as they're trying to grow and learn more about Jesus. But when you leave here, yeah, go home and read your Bible. Go home and pray. Text your friends. Don't just be the only time you talk to your Christian brothers and sisters be on Sunday. Encourage each other. School is starting back. It's going to be hard. Let's be there for each other as family, as the body of Christ, and continue to grow in him. Our, our goal is to live a fruitful life that honors Jesus, and it's hard. And through the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of Christian community, you can do this. What a great word from Pastor Kevin. This week, make sure to read through the parable of the soils found in Matthew 13. It is such a good opportunity to examine our own hearts and how receptive we are to the good news Jesus is offering. May we all be the fertile soil that produces an abundant harvest. See you next week.